As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, this is Josh. And I'm Sasha. And we are here to help you to be transformed, to not be conformed. Hello, welcome back to another episode. So today we're doing another interview. We're really excited because uh, this interview is our dear friend, Randy Bragg. Um, so she's on with us today and we're just really excited to have her on here. Uh, she Thanks. is going to share a little bit of her story Um and just convey and reveal whatever the Lord has put on our heart to share with us today. So, Randy, hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. So, real quick before I throw the first question out at you, um, four years ago, I, I've ta- I talked about this a lot on the podcast, but I was want- I wanted to lose weight, and so Carmen was like the first person who helped me like work out. But working out and losing weight are really only like. 10, 15% of the whole equation, right? Dieting mm-hmm. is the main key. And you were the first person who ever like pointed me in the right direction oh, on, great. on weight loss. So I, a lot of my weight loss credit actually goes to you on pointing me in the right direction on how to, how to lose weight in an appropriate diet manner. So well, fantastic. I didn't know that. That's yeah. great. So you're, you're, you helped me out a lot. So that's when we're talking about like, all right, who do we get on mm-hmm. for the podcast? you were immediately like on the top of the list. Like we got to get, we got to get Randy. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I should probably take my own advice more often, but <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. Fantastic. So um, I guess the first part is just to kind of get the listeners to, you know, introduce better introduction for you is, so tell us a little bit about yourself now and what you're currently doing in ministry and, and with your profession. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a nurse practitioner at Indiana Health Centers. Um, I primarily take care of peds. The last three years I have done pediatrics and that's really where my heart is. And then here recently I have been taking care of some adults as well. And, you know, it's a, it's a challenge for me to do adults. They definitely are a lot sicker (laughs) than the kids. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I feel like I'm getting fed just as much as they are. Like they are changing my life just as much as I'm trying to change theirs. And it's, it's really been a rewarding experience. So, okay. I love that. Um, so I remember whenever, cause we've known each other for a while. Yes. And like you know, 12 Josh, years, 12 years. years yeah. Really? yeah. 12 okay. years. Yeah. yeah. So Josh is talking about how you are such a great piece for him as he was working on his weight loss and you really helped him through that so you were a big part for mental health for me I remember when you know my story came out you were probably one of the first in the church that came right up to me and just embraced me and loved me and you poured so much into my heart and you were really a big part and a piece of my mental health transformation and healing and just all around you are just really amazing and you guys are gonna make me cry tonight (laughs) um but yeah we couldn't think of someone better to get on here this time and so I remember whenever 
you know, I would come over a lot to your house. We would have lots of coffee and conversation, yes. good conversation. But you were going to school and you were also walking through a very sick child at that time. Mm -hmm. And I remember how heavy that was for you and your family. And, you know, I was an outsider looking in. And of course, you talked to me a lot about that. But what was that like? And are you comfortable sharing? Oh, absolutely. First of all, I want to go back when when you went through everything that you went through in the beginning, our kids were like the exact same age. I know they were. Yeah. I mean, just our boys were just what within days of each other, I feel yeah. like. Um, so I was in I feel like I could have related with you a little bit on just the struggles of, of being a mom with itty bitty kids mm -hmm. and also just being separated from your kids. I, I, I felt, Oh, my heart just broke for you. So mm -hmm. I, I felt like I, I had to, I had to embrace you because like we could get each other. We were both mm -hmm. in the exact same time of our lives as far as parenting goes. So, and you did, you really yeah. did. You were a big encourager. Yeah. Those were good times. We Those should, were, yeah. we should get together and have coffee more often. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Addie, I mean, when she was born, well, when I was pregnant with her, we knew that she had a kidney issue, um, that one of her kidneys was multi-cystic. And so they sent me to Indy, and that's where I was followed closely, and her kidney was so big, they weren't sure whether or not her diaphragm had developed, so they didn't know whether or not she could breathe. So, of course, I had a whole team down there, and I had a urologist that I was, a, a neonatal urologist who was already following me while she was in my belly. Um, yeah, it was incredible, um, just the care that I got there. And then when she was born, we found out it was both of her kidneys that were affected. So they really didn't think that she was going to survive for um, three days. Once she survived three days, they decided that eh, she was probably going to survive and they would get all of the specialists in place and things like that. Mm. So that was, that was hard, um, just to get through, you know, Andy and I really clung to each other through that. But then, um, and, and still they're like, well, she's probably going to need a kidney transplant. So we have always, um, kind of dealt with that part of it and our brains like now we know we know we expect it so it's when it comes even though it's a big deal we're mentally prepared for it mm -hmm. and then when she was three and a half um she was actually diagnosed with a brain tumor so and that is kind of where Sasha and I um around that time where we started to really hang out but um yeah she was I don't know she was diagnosed with a brain tumor and we just had to she had it removed um, it was urgent. She was barely able to walk. She couldn't. She was so sick in the mornings. And I remember it was Easter morning, and we were getting ready to go to church. And she wanted to – well, she got up, and she, she got sick. She was vomiting because her head hurt so bad. Mm -hmm. And I said, Addie, we just – we're not going to be able to go to church. And she cried, and she said, I have to go to church. I want to go to church. And she was just beside herself. I had never seen her – want to go to church as bad as she did which mm -hmm. always was interesting to me so I went ahead and took her to church and we sat in the pew and um pastor Al Soltz at the time even said you know that Addie you know we're so glad that you can be here even though you're not feeling well and she was sick this morning but she really wanted to be here and so she kind of you know everybody was clapping and excited for that but then she fell asleep in my lap before the service ended and um Although that does not sound like a huge deal, it's a very huge deal for my little girl who would never, ever fall asleep in my arms, ever. She mm -hmm. always had to be laying down. And I knew at that point that she was very sick. So I remember that day. Yeah. And as you're talking about it, it makes me cry. Yeah. I, um, I sat there and I was just crying and I remember Joni came up to me and mm -hmm. she said, is everything okay? And I said, no, like this is bad. This, mm -hmm. she's really sick. She's never acted like this. Um, so yeah, it was it was interesting, and then they got us in at Peyton Manning and did the MRI, and mm -hmm. then she was admitted, direct admitted, and mm -hmm. yeah. So she's she's been diagnosed with the brain tumor, and I mean Addie has just an incredible story. And before we get to the her end, kind of mm -hmm. not really end, but 
the really good stuff, but I want to first like walk through with you, like what kind of emotions and things that you were feeling through that time and how did you navigate that? And how did you keep your mental health like, okay, while surviving, I mean, a child that has this, you know, brain tumor and has kidney failure and has all of these diagnoses and I just... How did you yeah. keep afloat? Well, not well. <laughs> I um, actually, funny, I've, I've been a Christian my whole life. Um, I don't even remember when I was actually saved. I just grew up in the church. My grandfather, um, he started a church in Swayze, and our whole family went to that church, and it's just always been a huge part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um And I was faithful with the whole kidney thing. I was like, oh, no, he's got us. We're fine. But when she was diagnosed with a brain tumor, I was very angry with God, and I felt very betrayed. Um, I was never the person to do really anything wrong, and I'm being Mm -hmm. very serious. I just, you know, I crossed all my T's, and I dotted all my I's, and I Mm -hmm. did everything by the book. And so I felt like, why was he picking on me? It's kind of how it felt. Um. And I yelled at him, and I screamed at him, and I cried. And he would try to speak to me through scripture, and I informed him that he was not going to get to speak to me, that he was going to listen to everything that I have to say. Mm -hmm. And so I would never pick up my Bible to look at anything that he wanted me to read. Um, Because that's how he's always done that, spoken to me through scripture. Mm -hmm. And... um, So I I did. I just, I was shaking my fist. I was just so angry and mad and felt betrayed. And I still prayed with her. And I, you know, we still talked about God because I, this was the perfect moment for me to practice everything that I had been preaching to my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, But my heart wasn't in it. It was just going through the emotions. I never stopped believing in God, but we were not on good terms. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... I was in my bachelor's program for nursing school, and I had to, I wanted to quit school. We were at the hospital, and I told, I looked at my husband, and I said, I can't do this. I have to quit school. Something's got to give. I can't be here and, and focus on this and and do school. And he said, you cannot quit. He said, if you quit, you'll never go back, because he knows me very well. Mm-hmm. And he said, something else, like, you can figure something else out. So I talked to some people at the college, and they said um, that I could take one of my, just one of the extra classes, one of the electives, so I could stay in the program. Mm -hmm. And I chose Old Testament because I know the Bible like the back of my hand, right? Mm -hmm. It's just super easy. And I didn't even think about, you know, the fact that I would actually have to open the Bible at that point when I'm super mad at God. And my first assignment for this class and I remember sitting at the hospital in the waiting room just trying to type this paper and it was all about Job and those 40 (laughs) verses where you know God was like who are you you know did you do all of these great things why do you think that I'm not in charge here do you really think that I'm gonna let this slide and Mm -hmm. just all of these things he really gave me kind of a kind of a spanking so to speak I felt you know it was like well played God okay (laughs) he put me back in my place absolutely yeah because he knew I'd open the Bible for an A so (laughs) I was gonna ask you like if you had a specific scripture but he had a specific person for you oh yeah it was the entire all those chapters where he was like where Job finally got mad and was like why me why are you letting this happen and then God just Mm -hmm. And I, I meant to write those down, actually, the exact mm-hmm. verses, but it was like 40, 40 verses in Job where he was giving mm-hmm. him a tongue lashing. It was pretty impressive. <laughs> was it Job that wrestled with God? Jacob. Jacob. Jacob mm-hmm. that wrestled with God. Okay. I knew it was a J. No, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's, I think like emotions, like I think sometimes like Christians are, for one, uh, Sometimes, you know, growing up in families, right, emotional intelligence and having those emotions of what you're feeling and knowing what you're feeling is kind of tough to discover anyways. It takes a while. But I think in also learning that we can express those with God. I mean, that's, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm yelling. I'm, I'm showing him the anger. Like, I, it's only recently where I'm like, oh, well, we could, we could be upset. We could be sad. We can be, like, we can express those emotions in a way. Because mm-hmm. if you really look at Psalms, right, David expresses almost every emotion, you know, possible, right? And throughout yeah. his whole story, he's expressing emotions of 
disappointment and anger. And right. I don't know for me, it's like, took me a long time to mature. Once I, I feel like I got mature. I'm like, Oh, okay. God can handle our emotions. He created them. So he did. And mm-hmm. Abraham, like right. Abraham and, and God had a great relationship and Abraham was upset at God at various times mm-hmm. and Jacob wrestled, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that what we miss is, you know, yes, we're supposed to respect God, mm-hmm. but part of having a relationship is getting into fights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and I really think that since God and I really had it out, um, I have never been closer to him. Once he finally kind of put me in my place through, cause I was throwing an absolute tantrum. I am not even kidding. Um, and once, once, you know, he told me and, and I kind of settled down and looked around. I mean, it, I started praying instead of praying for the whole situation to go away. I just started praying for strength to get through. And mm-hmm. he always showed up every time I would, I mean, she was at the hospital for almost two weeks they had to remove the brain tumor, um, so she had an external ventricular drain, kind of this drain hanging out the side of her head that had to be adjusted. And, um, But every time somebody would call me, you know, they would want an update on how Adalia was doing, and mm-hmm. so I would leave the room and shut the door, and I would start talking, and I would hit the floor every time. It just devastated me to keep giving these updates. And yeah. every single time that I fell apart, her nephrologist who has been with us since she was born would come around the corner and like pick me up like every time and just love on me and pray with me and I've never been in a hospital where there just happens to be a specialist roaming around the halls I know that God sent her every single time and she walked us down with surgery she she was actually the when Addie got the diagnosis of the brain tumor because I was by myself at the MRI um because, you know, we kind of have this thing in the medical field where we're like, it's never a brain tumor, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, my husband, I said, no, just stay home and, and watch Jacob. Um, so I went by myself. It was just me and Addie. And um, they said, who can we call who can get here quickly to be with you after they told me that Addie was sick? And I cried and I said, Dr. Mona. So they, she left clinic and she came to be with me. Wow. wow. So, yeah, I mean, just she's, she's amazing. That's um, very cool. But God protected. I mean, he just, he provided everything that we needed through all of this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, you know, once she was released, she, you know, the brain tumor did grow back and we had to go for proton radiation. Um, but my husband had seven weeks that he could take off of work to be mm-hmm. with me and our son. So our family could be together in Chicago for seven weeks. I mean, he provided so much for us to make it as easy as possible, even though we walked through this trial. Mm-hmm. So looking back, I can just see it would have been so much harder for somebody who didn't have as good of insurance or who had a broken home or, you know, right. any of the above. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a million things, but for us, it just, he made it so easy. So, yeah. And when you're in the moment, and you're walking through something so hard and so difficult, you don't see necessarily like the the bright side of things. You know, you are angry, you're upset, you feel all the emotions, you're sad. But when you come out of that and you're able to look back, it's so rewarding to see it. It is. It is. And when, so we knew that her brain tumor was growing back and um, they said, because she had to have, every three month MRIs and they said when she comes back in December we are going to have to talk about doing surgery and um again another surgery now she had luckily um lucked out on she really she didn't she had a much better outcome with the surgery than the average person does so she she really lucked out but I knew we weren't going to luck out twice Mm -hmm. you know that's that's a lot um so we were devastated and but he told us where he was going to go in how he was going to go in and get the tumor it was going to be a different place than he went in last time you know and gave us his whole game plan and -hmm. then three months later um before I think we were going down on a Monday I had the church lay hands on her and everybody at the church laid hands on her and prayed over her and we went down there the next day had her MRI and 
it took forever for the doctor to come back and talk to us. And I was getting kind of concerned. And um, he finally comes back and he says, I can't make sense of it. He said, that tumor's not in the same place. Mm-hmm. He said um, that if he were to go in and try to remove it, that it would actually um, cause almost like a dementia because it is this brain tumor's on the pituitary, but where he would have to go through to reach the tumor, it would mess with her short-term memory, and mm-hmm. she would not be able to learn, and, you know. Mm-hmm. So she would, essentially, she would be four or five years old and have dementia. Like, there's no learning new things at that right. point. Yeah. Um, and he said, it's just, I can't do it. Uh, so we're going to send you for proton radiation. And that, you know, broke our hearts, too, because I radiation scares me I didn't really understand but then I did some research and with this tumor the radiation had an 80 85 or 89 percent chance of killing the tumor whereas removing the tumor actually you're always going to have like a 50 percent chance of regrowth oh wow so even though God did not remove the tumor he moved the tumor like the surgeon cannot even he just was he said, I've studied it. I had a game plan, like everything that he had worked out with this tumor, nothing fit anymore. Yeah. Um, and so the, the proton radiation, I honestly think was, that was a God thing and we've not had any tumor regrowth since. Wow. Absolutely. And how long, how many years has it been since that? Five years now. That's great. Yeah. That's amazing. It's crazy to think, but even the side effects from the proton radiation, they, I mean, she just, I don't know. She, all the other kids who were having proton radiation were extremely tired and they wouldn't need anything and they couldn't enjoy mm-hmm. life. And she acted completely fine. Mm-hmm. Wow. So she, she is like our little medical anomaly, mm-hmm. you know, she's something else. She's a little warrior. She like is. Your mama. Yeah. Well, and God has big plans for her. And I tell her that I'm like, yeah. you know, I feel like the world tried to take her from us a couple of times and he says, mm-hmm. Nope. No. <laughs> You're right where I need you. No, and, and you know, with both of your kids, they they, they have a passion of, about being there at the church, and they, and, you know, and everyone loves them. And I, I mean, really, I think you know, like you said, God's going to use them, and I, I can you know see with the passion with church, and and she's here, and and I think God's got a plan for her, and I, I'm excited to see where she's what she's going to do. She's she's ten, right? She is she's ten. 10. Yep. So I mean, she's she's young, but she. God can God can use his story. God can use her in mm-hmm. really any any way. But I mean, um, to me, this is a miracle. We talked about miracles, uh, you know, a couple times, and I, mm-hmm. I she's she's a miracle. And just to see how God provided for you guys and how he answered a prayer like in a really indirect way, right? Mm-hmm. Like you think like yeah. you thought like oh well, he's going to answer the prayer. He's going to be with the surgeon and go through this whole you know this whole path. But it really. He moves the tumor and provides an outcome now that we can, you right. guys can have that mm-hmm. really be tumor free, which. Right. Yeah. The surgeon is just, he was shocked. Um, it was, it was pretty cool. And then um, also, I just want to say one of the songs that got me through and I didn't I never listened to Christian music really before. And um, I was just devastated one day and I was crying on the way home from the hospital after one of her MRIs. And it may have been the one where they told us that it had grown back and we were going to have to start thinking about surgery again. But Casting Crowns, Just to Be Held, came on. Mm-hmm. And that song, song got me through so much of this. I still cry when I think about it because that's, that's he was telling me exactly what I needed to do. Like, stop trying to grasp for control. Let me handle this and just let me hold you while we go through this. Mm-hmm. Um, because I am a control freak. I think that that's... Part of being a nurse is we all, we're type A personalities. We need to have exactly a plan of what's going to happen. And when things feel out of control, that is like, that's uncomfortable for Mm -hmm. nurses. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to see and imagine and grasp that when you're walking and going through something that God is carrying you through that. It really is. It's hard to see that. Um, I remember looking back in my story and in my past and seeing so many emotions and so many things that I was, I was going through and thinking and feeling and God kind of gave me the same thing was I'm carrying you through this. I've got you. Mm -hmm. And, but it is really hard to see that like when you're, when you're going through it, but just imagine like for all those listening that if you're walking through something or if you're going through anything 
just imagine Jesus carrying you through that. Yes. Because that's what he's doing. Even though you may not feel it, you may not see it, you mean you're not going to see it or you may not believe it, but he's definitely carrying you through it and he's got you. Mm-hmm. Like the footprints poem. Yeah. You know, it's been around forever, but it's so true. It is. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's he carried us and that's why, you know, they only saw one set of footprints. So, yeah. and that's that's exactly how how I feel. Um mm-hmm. he just he he did so much for us and and we we were blessed through through her illness, you know. Of course, there's the um, like the Make-A-Wish Foundation, the Indiana Children's Wish Fund. Um, it wasn't Make-A-Wish. Sorry, it was Indiana Children's Wish Fund who reached out and gave Addie a wish trip. And um, we got to go to a uh, baseball player's house. He invited us over, um, had like a camp for wish kids and things like that. And just we had a lot of really cool experiences. Now, granted, I wouldn't do it all over again just, mm-hmm. just to do these things, right. but – it was it was amazing with all the stress that we had as a family to have these opportunities to come together as a family and just enjoy and have fun. So, mm-hmm. I remember you shared that in Sunday school. Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland played yeah. third base for the Cardinals. I I totally geeked out when you guys were saying like, uh-huh. Scott Rowland. I yeah, big, I was a big Scott Rowland fan back in the day. Yeah, so that was I don't know for me. I was like that's so cool. I, the fact that because he, he oh, had like three cabins, right? That he opened up to three families. Yes, that's. I guess for a minute for these opportunities, right. To have like a getaway. Yes, to he does it recharge. for wish kids. And, um, I believe some down syndrome families and there's other, you know, um, programs that he does for, but mm-hmm. we really just assumed that it was kind of run by the Scott Rowland foundation. Mm-hmm. We didn't really expect for him to be there. And he was the one who welcomed us and his wow. wife and his kids and his, um, I don't know, his whole family was there. I mean, we got to meet everybody and, um, Jacob Finn, his daughter Finn, was really good with Jacob, and he had quite the crush on little Finn. Um, <laughs> and he still asks to meet her, and I'm like, well, you know, they're famous, so that probably won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, they were they were really cool people. It was fun. That's really cool. I, I You said uh, about Finn being really good with Jacob. So I, I will say this, like, about Addie. She was extremely – she's great. Like, we go back for, like, children's church and – She's really good with kids. Like so, if she's yes. kinda, she's kind of like the the leader back there because she's she does the arts and crafts and, and she does them very well. And so, like we had foster kids over the summer, and she they loved her. They just like mm-hmm. flock to Addie because she's like very she's a very calm presence. Like she does uh, about her. Like she allows like so if some a little kid's stressed or a little kid you know is maybe new to the group. Like she has just really calm demeanor, and it really I think. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I don't know. The other kids kind of feed off of that. And like, you know, mm-hmm. um, I know they flock to her right away. Yeah. And, and even Rhett and, and they just kind of calm down. And like, because she just has a nice demeanor about her and mm-hmm. able to, to relate to them and, and I don't know, yeah, help she, them out. She has a gift with little kids. Mm-hmm. She really does. And I have never had that gift, so I don't know where she gets it. Um, <laughs> I mean, which is funny because I do pediatrics now, uh, nurse practitioner. I love little kids for a short time. <laughs> and <then I> send, <laughs> them, send them back home with mom and dad. But um, it's, yeah, she's she's really cool to watch because I feel like that's a gift. For, that's a gift of hers. And, and I don't know what she's going to do with that gift. But if she can pour into younger lives, I mean, that's mm-hmm. just amazing. And she has such a powerful testimony right. to do that. She does. With kids walking. And maybe the Lord has kind of put that gift in her, like really good with 
with kids and because if there's a family she comes across that has a similar testimony then she can pour that into them yes i think that's beautiful so where is Addie today and how is she doing? Oh, she's fantastic. people want to know. <laughs> yes, yeah. So she's 10 and a half and she's in fourth grade. Um, she, you know, now that she's getting a little older, we're starting to see some effects of the brain tumor, which that's kind of the kicker is you don't really know um, at three and a half what exactly has been um, tampered with as far as this brain tumor goes. So she, you know, there is, um, a little bit of ADD, um, a little bit of an emotional lability. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard as a parent, even a, a medical professional parent to know what, what is normal for the age and what is, you know, not. So some of it's just hormones and I'm still trying to figure that part right. out. <laughs> um, but she's, she's a brilliant young lady. She is, um, she loves music. She, loves art. She's, um, always, always trying to think of ways to make money and start a business of her own. And she's actually starting a little candle business with her daddy. So, um, she's a cool kid. She really is. She's, um, you know, not super athletic. I have one kiddo who's super athletic and the other one is just super arts and craftsy. And, Mm -hmm. but she's, she's a brilliant little girl and she's getting to the age now where we can share some clothes and I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. (laughs) Going into mom's closet, and I remember those days. Yes, those I know. were the best. I bought a shirt yesterday that is super soft and wonderful, but it was a little snug on me, like it fit, mm-hmm. but you know, not well. So I gave it to Addie today, and she wore it to school. It looked way cuter on her, but yeah. I'm looking That's forward fun. to the day where we can share a closet and yeah. share my bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that'll be really fun. Yeah. yeah. So where do you feel like ministry at? You know, so you had this amazing testimony, amazing story, right? Where God, you know, really provided for you guys. So where do you, where do you see yourself at now? And where do you see yourself going, right? Maybe even outside of your profession. I feel like we talked about that before about that's kind of like a ministry as well. So it is. where, where do you see yourself going and transforming and continuing to grow right now? Yeah. Well, I mean, to begin like going into becoming a nurse practitioner with pediatrics one of my biggest goals was to support these parents of chronically ill kids and um, also take control of these chronically ill kids care because in our area sometimes that stuff I mean I've got I had a really hard time when with Addie when she was a baby trying to find a doctor who was comfortable with kidney stuff like really comfortable Um, and so I just wanted to be that person, first of all, also support the parents whose kids were chronically ill, because I know a little bit, I mean, it was hard at the time. Now it's easier. Her illnesses are easier to manage, but, um, I can at least relate with the parents and support them because when I was going through it, there weren't very many medical professionals or even nurses that I came in contact with who even had kids, let alone understood how hard it was to watch um, the one person in the world you're supposed to protect with everything you have go through a hard time and have no control over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now um, seeing adults, I feel like that is a huge way to grow what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I have an amazing team out there and everybody is very helpful and open for me to ask questions. But um, yeah, I'm just meeting still seeing a ton of kids but meeting people who have had no control over their health care in so many years because they felt like they just couldn't have health care they couldn't afford health care um they didn't have insurance everything was too expensive you know they had to work and exist and not um not really survive and thrive you know Mm -hmm. and so now you know i'm kind of getting some adults who have a lot of things that have not been well controlled for a long time and I'm having to really grow my knowledge through that but of course I'm I'm creating some really amazing relationships through that too mm-hmm. and just helping people to understand that they have a say in their health care and they have a say in what choices you know and what medications they're on and just help them to understand instead of just throwing a pill at them um, but really just I want their quality of life to be what they want it you know, not what I say it should be, not what anybody else says it should be. Um, and I just want to honor their blessings and help them achieve what what they need to achieve to be happy. So mm-hmm. it's been fun. But I do feel like becoming a nurse practitioner, it was all, I mean, just a nurse in general, that's how I could serve Christ. I could take care of people 
um, all the people that he loves and be that hand of Christ to mm-hmm. help, you know, clean them when they're a mess or help, you know, get them well when they're sick. I mean, just a number, a number of things. Um, it's just really cool to, and I, and my prayer is I do pray every day before I go to work that I'm able to show Christ to everybody I touch. Mm-hmm. every single person and I've forgotten a couple of times and that's been a rough day you know and I do forget so I try to be very spiritual and par- prayerful when I go into it mm-hmm. um but yeah I've I've even earned the nickname of medicine woman by one of my favorite um adult patients no names oh. of course oh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah medicine woman that's like some big shoes to fill right there that some is. Dr. Quinn yeah <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's, cool. that's awesome I really like healing people right caring for the sick that's that's one of the main pillars of being a christian Mm -hmm. right is one of the jesus's ministry was healing the sick so Mm -hmm. i think having that passion and having the ability to do it i mean i think that that's huge in itself of having that spiritual gift of of healing and wanting to heal people and um no i I think yeah i think you're going to be a huge i think you already are an amazing asset for our church and for the community and 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 i'm saying that for the asset for the church and kind of also, another thing you've kind of been really known for is your um, experience and your expertise on, on diets and health. And uh, obviously, right, that's how I got kickstarted. Um, but I hear a lot of other people asking you, hey, what's the keto diet again? Or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. what's what, what what should I do here? And so how, how did you become like a this this expert, this mm-hmm. this go to person uh, on on diets? Yeah, well, I certainly don't feel like I'm um, an expert at all. I, I did do the keto diet for several, I guess, two or three years, mainly just to lose weight. I was, mm-hmm. so when Addie was sick, the, my health was the farthest thing from, you know, on my mind. I just, mm-hmm. I didn't even care. And looking back, I see pictures of myself and I just hated the way I looked. And, um, I knew that it was out of control and I was not going to be around to, um, you know, go shopping with my daughter for her wedding dress or, you know, all the, so my mom, her health is not great. And I knew, and she's, I've always kind of taken care of her for the past 10 years. So right around the time I was starting to have kids, she actually had a stroke and I was taking care of her. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was taking care of her when I became pregnant with Addie. So I just wanted as much as I adore my mother and I would never change any, um, experiences that I've had with her. I want to be around to go shopping and have fun times. And I I don't want my kids to be taking care of me. Um, I want to be taking care of their kids. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be babysitting them and, and all that stuff. So I just knew I had to get control of my health. And actually dementia is something my mom struggles with and something her mom struggled with. And we do see a familial tendency with, with the dementia and Alzheimer's. And um, the keto diet was said to be a very good diet to prevent Alzheimer's and dementia. And so that's kind of why I started. And I felt so good. And, of course, I dropped weight. I was still extremely fatigued, but we're starting to figure out there's some other things going on. But I felt much better overall. And um, I think just as a family, we were eating better. We were eating more vegetables. And, you know, we weren't eating the processed foods and things like that. And my husband loved it, too. So... But yeah, I just, I did, um, because I'm a medical professional, I was able to take some CMEs that had to do with um, diet, and the keto diet was one of them that showed amazing results with um, MS, lupus, I mean, any kind of rheumatoid arthritis, um, autoimmune disorders, just Mm -hmm. a number of them, it's been very promising, so. Do you see any, like, correlation with your physical health and your spiritual health? Oh, absolutely. I uh, recently started doing the Daniel diet um, for a number of reasons. I kind of had, had reached a, a point in my life where I was kind of tired of being tired. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, the keto diet, like I was still just so exhausted. And I was starting to miss out on teaching my daughter to bake, which she loves to bake. And she's going to do cake decorating for 4-H and all of these things and when you're keto, it's really hard to do those things and teach her those things without partaking in those things because making it is just as fun as as eating it together and tasting the batter. And, you know, I didn't want to miss out on those opportunities with her. So 
I started looking at other things and, um, pastor Don, t- uh, he preached on the Daniel diet one day. He just mentioned it. And I was like, Oh, so what is that? And he gave me the booklet and the whole kit and everything. He dropped it off at work the next day. And, um, I took off for full force, uh, fruits, veggies, nuts, you know, and, um, I felt amazing. I feel better than I have in years. And I have always felt very close to God when I'm creating a beautiful plate of food, whether it's for keto or, you know, whatever it is I'm doing right now, just with all the fruits and the veggies, the more beautiful the foods are and bright and colorful and natural, you just, it brings me so much closer to God because I'm eating the things that, that he's created. And it's, it's a really cool experience. Mm Mm-hmm. That's really cool how you correlate the two. Yes. The prettier, the better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) See, like, I felt like for me, like, I don't, I don't really follow a diet as much anymore. I do more do, like, intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. where, you know, I have, like, at least 16 hours in between meals. And my dad and I were talking about it, and we felt like, you know, in a way that kind of grows your self-control muscle inadvertently. You know, it might not, I was never my intention to go out and like, you know, starve myself in order or, you know, go through that fasting phase in order to grow spiritually. But I I also kind of see like a correlation of having that fasting stage and, you know, really, you know, if you have your devotions or anything during Mm -hmm. that 16 hour window, especially during like the end tail end of that, you know. It can be very spiritual. I think, you know, a lot of the time our health is very, you know, interconnected, right? Interwoven between health, spiritual, or yes. physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, right? Can all interweave. Like if one goes down, right, then you really have to like pick it up on the, on some of the other things to help, right. to help balance. Well, and I, I was a slave to sugar. There is no, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's an issue. I mean, I would make my own little homemade icing in a mug, like a full mug, and I would eat it all, like just with a spoon. I would just mm-hmm. eat powdered sugar with a spoon. I would eat brown sugar with a spoon. I would make brownies and hide them in the oven and eat them when nobody was looking. I mean, they didn't even know I had brownies because I was hiding <laughs> them in the oven. So, and I would eat them all myself. I mean, how, shoot, I would take a spoon with the brownie dust and just mix a little bit of water with it. It tastes just as good, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... It, um, you know, it was an issue and I actually was not taking in any nutritious food at all. Um, when I wasn't doing keto or, um, I'm kind of doing a modified Daniel plan. Mm. I would say at this point I was missing coffee. So, (laughs) (laughs) Mm. but, um, the, I, I was really convicted about the fact that I was a slave to sugar when nothing at all should have any control over my life except God. Right. And, and that was once I figured that out, like that is, that's an addiction to me, whether, and you know, people are addicted to alcohol or cocaine or porn. I mean, we, we really, as an, every one of us need to open up because we're all addicted to something. Mm-hmm. We all have a vice. Yep. And, mm-hmm. um, mine was sugar was absolutely sugar. When I'm stressed, it's sugar. When I'm anxious, it's sugar. Um, when I'm just bored, it's sugar. And it, I would make myself sick because I eat so much sugar. Um, and so once I realized that in those moments, I was leaning on sugar instead of leaning on God and praying through these hard times, um, just gaining control over my life is, has been huge. And, and now I'm, I'm a slave to, to God and I serve him and I don't serve sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's such a silly thing to say. I think people probably oh. think that, but for me, yeah. it was, it was an issue. Mm-hmm. It was a big issue for me. No, I mean, I get it. I think a lot, a lot of times I use Oreos as a joke and, you know, gets a couple laughs, you know, when I, you know, say, hey, that was my addiction. But, you know, substitute Oreos for really any kind of chocolate or sugar. Mm-hmm. And no, I mean, like if you're using it as a mechanism to escape, if you're using it to, for any relief or, you know. Right. I don't know, just to have like some pleasure at the end of the day, right? So, you know, nice glass of milk and some Oreos was my way to kick out and like if you had a stressful day hey this kind of was a nice pick me up instead of you know have it was basically a crutch right to kind of get you through and you know I was a reward eater I was a stress eater and when you're going through life sometimes you're rewarding yourself during stress right (laughs) just because you're stressed stressed. exactly (laughs) so yeah no I think you know like you said everyone's got their thing their their method of escape so whether Mm -hmm. it's you know like you said porn video games sugar like everyone's got their thing and but You've got to have, you know, it's got to be God, right? You've got to, you've got to not be a slave to X, whatever it is, 
right? Right. And you've got you've got to we can't serve two masters essentially. No, what absolutely. It was. And, and I think food as Christians can be a sneaky one because mm-hmm. we're told not to do you know not to drink. We're told not to do drugs. We're told not to have sex before marriage. And so we're like, oh, but food, hey, you know that's that's okay. We all gotta eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all gotta eat. KFCs, yeah. you know, family bucket for one, please. You know, I'm yeah. That's, that's unfortunately I, I did that once. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we go down, talk about a valley, you know, yeah. going down an emotional valley. Is, um, I would but, eat the whole thing of Oreos myself in one oh, sitting. Amen. I mean, I... So bad. <laughs> yeah. If, I have a lot of Oreos at one yeah. point in time. and But, like, I think, like, that for Christians, that ends up being, like, a, a, a way out, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. I can have this food because I'm really... It's kind of my out. Yeah. And instead of, instead of doing some of those other things, like, I... I'm thinking of all the church people. I know not just Oak Chapel, but like a lot of the church people oh, I know. Yeah. It's, you know, well, it, it's a it's a problem for a big Christian community, especially the older Christian community. Right. Well, and it's how we fellowship. You mm-hmm. know, so yeah. just in in America, I mean, probably other countries as well, but we socialize around food. Food is a very social thing, and so you know, it's it's hard to separate the two between just eating to fuel yourself and eating right. for joy. Um, because we're, it, it, it's very strange. We have to completely retrain our minds, but I would lose complete control. I mean, not only would I eat sugar, I would eat everything just as fast as I could. I didn't, mm-hmm. it was almost like an out of body experience. I mean, I would, it's like, I wouldn't even, I would have, I would just have no control. I would just eat it as fast as I could. Right. Um, almost choke on it. It was, it was bad. It was, I probably had like a binge, I would say a binging disorder. I mean, mm-hmm. I never... I never got sick after, but um, I think it would have gotten to that point if Mm -hmm. I didn't gain control. And that's exactly what addiction is. You're looking to fill that void. And it may not be food for me exactly, but I can see that because I I can look back to alcohol. That was my crutch. Mm -hmm. And not that I would get drunk or anything, but I would use it as like, to take me away, mm. to sure. take me away from the bad stuff. And that's what you're looking at with whatever addiction or vice you have. Food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything. Anything. I mean, Drugs, alcohol, anything. I think anything that distracts you, right, from, mm-hmm. from what you're supposed to do, right, with how you're supposed to live. Like, it could be video games. It could be Netflix. It could be, you know, if, if you're sitting down watching Netflix instead of, you know, it takes you away from your time with God, your time with your family. That's a problem. You know, Absolutely. It can be something so Our sm- phones. Phone. Oh, that's that's a big one. I'm I'm very convicted about my phone. Yeah. I need to. I don't know. I'm thinking about getting a flip phone, but now at my new job, I have all these apps on my phone that I use. So. And they're so helpful. They are, but I keep looking at it, and I, you know, I kind of want to go back to the Lori Ingalls Wilder days. We're watching the Waltons right now, and <laughs> if I could go back to the Waltons, I think I would be happy. Yeah, I. And I think you've heard me talk about this a few times in the, in the youth group, and it, the phone is big. It could be a good tool, right? Like you said, you're using it for your profession. I use it for my profession. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it can be such a big rabbit hole where, like, man, did I just spend two hours on TikTok or, you know, oh, two yeah. hours down a conspiracy theory YouTube train of, like, you know, was 9-11 staged? You know, like, why did I watch that? Yeah. I'm not even a conspiracy yeah. theorist. And I- and I will, you know, discipline my kids because they've been on the screen for too long. You know, their iPad, they're only allowed on it for an hour a day. And I'm like, but they're looking at me. You know, we can't expect anything out of our kids that we're not willing to do ourselves. Right. And and I'm not even willing to just put my phone down and only spend right. an hour on it. I mean, it's, I've been very convicted about it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of my next way to just better myself all around is First of all, disconnect from social media. I need to hit the deletes. I need yeah. to do it. He's been telling me to do that for a long time. But um, just delete the Facebook app. Um, but also just becoming less dependent. I, want, I, right. I feel like I'm. we're all just way too dependent. And I think through COVID, we've seen that with right. not being able to get groceries and things like that. We've become mm-hmm. very dependent on other people. And... Um, we need to become a little more self-sufficient, but also find the joy in Christ and not in other people's lives that we're constantly judging ourselves against. Yep. Right. So I, th- I think that's a good transition point here for the, the last last question would be, you know, at, with your testimony, with your with how you've transformed physically, you know, how, as you've gone through like that tr- those trials, like what would be your 
I guess, feedback, like what would be your advice for someone who's either going through, you know, maybe it's a weight problem or maybe they have a sick kid or maybe, you know, any similar trial that you kind of went through, like what would be some of your advice that, that helped you get through? Um, what, what would be some good habits they can form now? That way, if you, you know, everyone's going to eventually go through something, right? Whether it's sure. loss or however, what would be your, your advice for, for those people? Well, first of all, I think you need a really good network of Christians. I mean, whether it's your church or your small group, Sunday school, MOPS was a great resource. Um, find yourself a support group of some sort because when you are in, when you are hurting so bad that you can't find find a way to pray, they pray you through it. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge deal because you're going to get to that point. I mean, the last thing I wanted to do was pray. and um, But I had a an amazing church behind us who was praying and uh you know our church man i i couldn't say enough good things i've never seen a church be as supportive as they are and um and i know you got to see it with your situation too you know just just that room full of people who Mm -hmm. traveled to come support you i mean Mm -hmm. it was just amazing and i don't know that i would have found that um very many places so But yeah, so a really good support group, people that you can open up with and talk to, but also just, you've got to pray. You've Mm -hmm. got to have a relationship with Christ. And I don't mean just a superficial, yeah, I know the guy. I believe he died for my sins. He existed. I I watch, you know, the Easter story. I totally partake in Christianity. Um, There needs to be a relationship. There needs to be a complete, vulnerable, um, just open up and talking to him because he knows all of your secrets He's just waiting for you to admit them and, and for you to surface them so that he can help you work through it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Absolutely. Thank you. So, yeah. Sasha, do you have any last questions? No, I think my last question would be like a piece of advice that you could give. And I think that pretty well summed it up. Yeah. I mean, your story is amazing, Randy. And listening to you talk about Addie and her testimony and the things that she walked through and overcame yeah. and... Just your entire story going through everything you guys did and, and your beautiful family. I look at the pictures as we're sitting around here oh, in you. your beautiful home, <laughs> just your beautiful family. And God has just done so much through you guys. And Absolutely. you guys are an amazing testimony to our church. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, well, thank you. Well, he's, he's done amazing things for us. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. every wonderful thing we have, whether it's our job or just a car to get us to and from, I think we all need to remember how blessed we really are. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that, that's the best way to end it on is just, yeah, we're, we're yeah. very blessed and you know, we got to remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So all right. this episode, uh, and thank you again for really taking time out of your day, right? You're super busy. Hey, so, no problem. So this is fun. <laughs> um, so this, uh, will go up on Tuesday, March 1st. Um, so we'll get that out there. We'll also send uh, a link um, to the song. I think that would be really good. We'll put a YouTube yes. link out there for the song um, Absolutely. that got you through everything. And um, But other than that, just thank you for the listeners. Uh, uh, share, comment, like uh, the episode, and that way we can get more traction and help more people. Mm-hmm. And if you guys have any questions for Randy about more about her story or any just questions specifically to her, just let us know. We would be glad to help answer those she's a pretty great amazing woman (laughs) thank you all right well thanks everyone have a good week god bless have a good week